Welcome to the Federation of Asian Canadian Lawyers, Faculty of British Columbia podcast. We are a diverse coalition of Asian Canadian legal professionals. We promote equity, justice, and opportunity for Asian Canadian legal professionals and the community. We foster advocacy, community involvement, legal scholarship, and professional development. The purpose of this podcast highlights the diverse and unique members of our community. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Hi, Miranda. Hi, Tolwyn. So nice to see you. For those on the audience, we're using our podcasting software, and of course, it allows us to look at each other. And Miranda, I don't think we've seen each other since our last podcast between social distancing and busyness of work. It is great to see you. I agree. And one day there will be an in-person meeting. Absolutely. We've known each other for a long, long time. But what brings us here today was you very kindly agreed to be interviewed on the Asian Litigator Facul podcast. We were talking to litigators in major law firms in the downtown core. At that time, we were exploring Asian litigators among senior ranks in law firms. And since then, you've had a major change. What are you doing now, Miranda? Well, I am still practicing law, (laughs) happily, but I do have a new role. You are right. I am now the uh, chief legal officer and senior director of business development at a company called Acuitous. Acuitous is maybe not a household name to many. It's a Vancouver-based biotech company. And for at least the last little while, it's actually been working on something called lipid nanoparticle or LNP technology. And that is the kind of technology that is required for mRNA drugs to get into your system. So actually, I met these people probably over 10 years ago. And back then, I actually had to get them to spell some of this stuff for me so I could figure it out. for myself. They were, they are uh, a firm client. But now everyone seems to be an expert in mRNA technology and hopefully maybe even a recipient of some mRNA technology. And what that really means in real world terms is Acuitous is basically the FedEx for nucleic acid therapeutics. Its claim to fame is that its delivery system is used in the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine. So that's a long answer to what am I doing right now? To be clear, I don't do any of the science. I really am just the lawyer and play a role in the business development side as well. So if I may put the spin on that, you are at the moment saving the world from a threatening (laughs) pandemic virus that is turning us all into zombies. I am not saving the world. I am working with some really smart and wonderful people. My role is really a a legal strategy. I I certainly am part of the senior leadership team and we're part of and responsible for the strategy of the business overall, but I I couldn't swirl a test tube to save my life. Those are my limitations. Well, let's narrow down on that. So what does your day look like today compared to what it looked like three months ago or four months ago? That's a really good question. I expected it would be different. I knew it would be different. The difference, frankly, is what scared me a little in terms of whether or not I wanted to take this role on at all. So in some ways, I have been surprised because some things are the same. Dealing with the strategy of a business is the same. 
figuring out how to grow the business is the same. Being part of a business that is growing is in some ways the same. Admittedly, growth in this particular sector right now is pretty rapid. Working with the team, those things are all the same. But other things are also, like you've probably foreshadowed with your question, completely different. I don't know how else to put it except to say that at a firm, you have the chance to be in a lot of different movies for a brief period of time, um, especially as a litigator. So you get dropped in in some crisis, you work on it with the client, you may or may not go to court or to trial, hopefully you fix the problem, and then you move on. And I enjoyed that a lot. I've also said that I think litigation is sometimes a symptom of bigger things or more systemic issues within an organization. And so one of the things I enjoyed most about being a litigator at McCarthy's was actually also working with clients to solve those systemic issues. But you were in a lot of different movies. And here in my current role, there's just one movie. (laughs) And it's really exciting to be able to be a part of shaping it. But there is just one movie, so you're getting to know the full cast of characters and the whole story really well, or at least certainly I hope I'm getting to know. That's the most important part. <laughs> Some of our listeners might not know, you were head of the national, at your former role at the firm. Yeah, that's right. I was the retail sector lead as part of the national, we called it, I, I'm still going to say we, retail and consumer markets industry group. That's right. So when you talk about growing the business and what your day looked like four months ago versus today, that part hasn't changed. Are you referring to that business lead function at your previous firm or do you mean the practice piece? Both. In my current role as uh, in business development, one of the things that I'm responsible for with and work with a number of people internally on is working with our partners. So I told you that we're the FedEx we come up with the delivery technology. Our partners are the ones that come up with the therapeutic. And so I spend a lot of time listening to them about what their technology or drug is doing. What are their goals and, and hopes? And how can we work together to achieve that particular goal? And that in many ways is not too different from forget about having a leadership role or whatever you want to call it at a law firm. That's not too different from just being a lawyer. You are actively listening to your client and figuring out what it is that they want to achieve in the course of retaining you and and engaging you for your advice and not just your legal advice, but how does whatever it is that's facing them fit in the context of their business, at least in the commercial context, speaking as a commercial litigator, And what can you do to help them achieve that overall goal? So that's similar. I appreciate you reminding us that you were a commercial litigator. Now, I know it's only been a couple of months you've been in this new role, but even in those three or four months, do you think that your view of the role that of litigation, the act of litigating has changed now that you see with a different lens? No, that's a great question too. I don't, think so. I don't think my view of litigation, and if you mean the utility of litigation, I I don't think that's changed. I am more aware of the privilege that it was to be someone's litigator and that profound trust that a client 
places in you. I think we all feel that deeply as lawyers, whether you're inside or outside counsel, but, and happily, I haven't really had to be in a situation where something's come up and you're putting all your eggs in a litigator basket or anything, but from the uh, inside now looking out at the, the privilege it is to be able to take someone else's cause and bring that before the courts. And that is actually how I met Acuitous was in the course of litigation. And at the time, I certainly took it quite seriously. But now that I'm here and I I see the people and the incredible work they're doing, it really underscores the utility, efficacy, and importance of not just litigators, but our system in terms of the democratic value of having a justice system and being able to have rules and procedures that allow people to bring forward their issues and hopefully be able to resolve them, whether it's in front of a a judge or in some other process. Sort of a converse question, which is taking for granted that you're awesome, you're skilled, you're experienced, (laughs) all of those things that, of course, you are absolutely the right person for this job. Is there anything that came out of your experience as a litigator and the expertise and the skills that you gained in that role that is particularly helpful? Not that a person can't come to this role from a variety of backgrounds. That's interesting because one of the things I got from a few corners was wow, a a litigator's moving into an in-house role. That's not very common. How did you manage that? And I hadn't really honestly thought about that. I certainly did think about the number of limitations that I might have, but I'm not really sure I thought about what strengths I, I brought per se. I accept that for whatever reason, perhaps people who are solicitors end up being in-house counsel more. You're nodding too. So that sort of reaffirms for me that impression. But in terms of what especially litigation-focused skills have helped, I think, you know, some of it is actually the the problem-solving piece. And it's not to say that other breeds of lawyer don't do that, but that ability to listen through a problem and then come up with what that solution might be. I think litigators have a unique approach not necessarily better, but just a unique approach that's different from, say, the way the mind of a solicitor or another colleague might think through something. So I think that's an interesting thing to bring. I think we're also geared to ask a lot of questions, not just in a cross-examination kind of way, but at, think about at the very outset of any file, because we take on a full spectrum of subjects and things, no matter how much you specialize, particularly in this market here in Vancouver, commercial litigation means a broad spectrum of things. So you're in, like I said, lots of different movies, but you really got to learn it and learn it quickly. And I think that's a skill that's a muscle that litigators probably flex a lot more quickly in a file and sort of in a very deep, deep, deep way because you have to, you know, get up and get ready, for example, across examination. So you're going not just a mile wide and an inch deep, you're trying to go like a mile deep. So those are some of the skills I think being a litigator maybe have so far helped me along the way. I also get a sense that affirming the role that you're in is litigators, especially commercial litigators, we're like the, the forensic people, we do all the autopsies of what happened. When something goes wrong, 
we're the ones that have to pick up the pieces, unpack, and really get to the details of what happened that caused the problem in the first place. Yeah. And so we're just so used to seeing a state of affairs in front of us and go, okay, I've seen this story before. There's Here are all the problems that I know is going to come if we don't fix this. Yeah. Um, and and we- the key is that, though, is that not only do you say, here are the problems, because I've seen this movie before, but here are the solutions. Yes. I think that is like a superpower for litigators, lawyers generally, but certainly litigators is the ability to steer a business away from a problem. Because on many occasions, we've rushed headlong (laughs) into battle already with the scars to show for it and have a tale to tell. Well, hopefully a solution to tell. And I think that is something that litigators in particular can bring, especially once you marry that up with what's really going on in the business. Now that you've had been able to make the switch to not just a frontline in-house, but the capital T, the senior in-house counsel. I'm also the only. (laughs) Does the fact of being Asian or having Asian roots play a role at all in where you are now or where it might be in the future? That's an interesting question. I have a roundabout answer. I'm going to call it NAPAPA, uh, which is an organization that is well familiar to FACL and FACL listeners. I can't tell you now. Probably over 10 years ago, I went to my first NAPAPA conference, and there was something like 2,000 people there. So imagine walking into some big hotel ballroom and literally like everyone looks like you. And honestly, I'd never had that experience of going to a legal event and everyone looks like you. In many cases, they were actually better dressed, but that's beside the point. (laughs) (laughs) This is the subject of a whole different conversation. To the extent we are sometimes, we feel like we are the other. I don't think I had really registered for myself how obvious it is to be the other. But when I walked into this room with all these people that look like me, I had this feeling of immediate comfort. I knew nobody, actually. I think I knew one other person, the person who told me to come down to this conference. I knew no one, but I just immediately felt this comfort and collegiality and camaraderie that existed in this room. Why am I talking about this is because one of the terms that I heard at that conference was something that I think is more commonly spoken about now called the bamboo ceiling. Mm. And this idea that Asian Asian Americans, because this was a study done in the US, Asian Americans have difficulties breaking through the partnership ranks. And as a result, uh, that's the bamboo ceiling. But the happy outcome of that is that many of them end up in in in-house roles and top positions in major organizations. And as a result, there is this huge community of Asian in-house lawyers. And if you go to Napaba, you will see that this huge community of very senior, very strong in-house lawyers who are also mentoring because they have large departments, a number of other people from various communities and walks of life to navigate their way through, whether it's a law firm or a large legal department, et cetera, et cetera. So the answer to me is is yes, to be an Asian in-house lawyer does have meaning for me because I was quite touched with how they were very supportive of each other. I have 
I've had a number of friends come out of Nipaba in my life. I've had some very enduring friendships actually from Nipaba. And when I said I was making the switch, which for me, I mean, look, I'm just one person and it's not that dramatic in the grand scheme of things. But in my little wee career, I felt like I was making a big leap into the unknown. It, there were a lot of people in Apava that immediately rallied and had resources and tips and advice and you should meet so-and-so. And it, that's the power of the Asian in-house and more broadly, the Asian legal community. I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to ask a, a challenging question. This podcast was about Asian litigators and specifically the dearth of Asian litigators in that high performance level. We all know, at least in the community, who those people are. You were one of them. And there's a dearth. I, I got to ask for the people that are wondering, Miranda, what does it say, though, if we've lost you to that circle? What does that say about the state of litigation and the Asian community and representation in that community? Does that say anything? Should it say anything? What do you think? Well, once a litigator, always a litigator. I've figured that out just in terms of how I approach things in this new environment of mine. And sometimes people are surprised by that. So I blame it on being a litigator. I, I think what does my departure say about litigation, litigators in general, in particularly in the downtown area? Hopefully not much. I, I hope that in respect of this podcast, it means that this podcast has an enduring life, that there are stories to be told, and that hopefully this inspires more stories. I, I can say with the benefit of distance, et cetera, et cetera, and I can reassure everyone, I loved my life at McCarthy's. I don't want it to be a commercial for McCarthy's, I know, but um, I, I honestly never thought I would leave. You and you know me well enough. Absolutely. I, I, I Absolutely. appreciate our, our listeners might not, but I certainly did consider myself Team McCarthy for life. In fact, when I was approached to consider this position by my CEO now, I said to him, like, you don't understand. People like me don't leave firms like mine, not because it's like the most amazing thing ever. I wouldn't do that. I don't do that. This is not a thing. I'll help you find somebody. <laughs> so uh, I share that here in the intimacy of the podcast, because I don't want people who are listening, who are in to the extent they're despairing, that Asian litigators are an extinct class or on the endangered species list. I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. In fact, I think the numbers are growing like every year. One amazing thing that came out of the FACL podcast, this podcast, is the number of other Asian litigators who reached out to me, Asian female litigators. I accept that they are mostly junior. They are mostly new to the profession. They are working real hard and gaining some really exciting experience and rising up through the profession and leaders in their own. And so I, I accept it was hard, probably, Chilwin, for you to find a handful of people to do this podcast. But <laughs> you sort of proved my point, if anything. But if assuming you continue to do this, 
or if someone continues to carry the podcast torch in this series, there's going to be a time when there'll be like a story a week, you know, a story a month. And it's not going to be about the dearth. It's going to be about what else are we doing as a community to support each other. I read this great interview of the Black legal leader in the U.S. And he said he feels like at this point his job is to send the elevator down. And and I thought that was a great expression. And I think that's going to be what we're going to be talking about is sending the elevator down as opposed to like finding the building to begin with. <laughs> so that's my hope is that it won't be about the dearth. It's actually going to be about all the other great, vibrant things that happen in the profession because of contributions from more and more Asian lawyers, litigators and solicitors, but litigators in particular, because that's who we're focused on for this podcast anyway. That was amazing. I'm going to leave it there. Really inspiring, moving words for our listeners. Thank you very much, Miranda Lam, Chief Legal Officer for Acuitas. Thanks, Tillman. It's always right. a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Faculty BC podcast. Visit our website at facultybc.ca and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at FacultBC. We hope you enjoyed our episode today and stay tuned for the next guest. If you have guest speaker suggestions, please email us at membership at facultybc.ca.